This is One Girl, One Mic Podcast. I am your lovely host, VV Nicole. <coughs> hey, JG. Um, this is episode number 34. Um, oh, I have to do a quick recap from my last episode, episode number 33, which was a crazy riot. Um, it was a recap of the Jeezy versus Gucci Mane versus battle. And I know it was some difficulties. It kept on stopping at... I think minute 12, we do have it fixed. So if you're listening to this episode, you can probably go back and catch up on episode number 33 because it's up and running perfect. And for your um, listening pleasures, um, bear with us a little bit because it did get a little rowdy and it got a little real. So it was in good old one girl, one mic fashion, right? So today, episode number 34, I am really, really excited. I am here with um, Marvin Cotton. JG, where the horns at? Hey, how, you, <laughs> how, you, how you doing? I am doing well. So is it um, free Marvin Cotton, right? What's your Instagram? Uh, the real FMC. FMC. So was yeah. that like an acronym that they had started like when you were selling? Um... Absolutely. The FMC is free Marvin Cotton. So mm-hmm. it's actually the underscore real underscore FMC. Okay. So, really quick, so how I came across your page is through Dogface page. Okay. So, I don't even know how I ended up. No, I met Dogface out one night because he's like a crazy riot. And shout out to um, Dogface and his whole radio station, his brother. whole movement that's, that he have going on. He's doing it real big. That's my brother. Yes, I'm trying to get on his Dogface level because he's doing it real big. So, he interviewed you on his radio station and I listened to the interview and that just really inspired me to reach out. And the reason why I wanted to reach out is because like I've done other episodes about um prison men in prison but it's always from the perspective of um well I guess the last episode I did was two to five and I had two guys on and I was talking about dating men that have been in prison <laughs> right before <laughs> shout out to Anthony and shout out to Q because right. I might be an expert in that topic so right you <laughs> so, but no and the reason why I wanted to do the episode with them is because Anthony who is openly gay was the first gay male that I had ever met that was like no all men in jail are not gay like well maybe I won't be an expert right not no 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 no, no. but I was just I wanted to bring a gay guy on that had been to prison that was saying no like not all men in prison are messing around with you know same sex activities and everything like that there are some really good stand-up guys that's in jail so for a gay guy to say that when typically they the ones that's trying to make it seem like everybody's gay that was just like a really big thing and that episode did really really good so shout out to Anthony and shout out to Q but I never done anything from a more serious perspective because a little bit of background about you is you served um 19 years seven months and 12 days in prison for a crime you did not commit right true and you were fully exonerated of all charges. Yes. So that's the reason why it's so interesting. I'm so excited to sit down and talk to you because I never met anyone that has even, you know what I'm saying? Like been exonerated of all charges and just wrongly convicted and be able to come home and tell their story. Right. 
Yes, um, that's that's been my life for like the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, I got out October first. Okay. Um, so today I believe is like eighty nine days. Welcome I, home. Uh, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Don't don't even have ninety days in, but mm-hmm. um, um, it's beautiful. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Every day is beautiful, um, and I'm enjoying being here. And I'm. I, I'm I'm honored to be here. I'm, thank you for coming. So you're 41 years old, right? 41. So you went to prison when you were 19? 21. 21. Yes. Okay, so don't try to dog me on my math, because y'all like, you just said he did 19 <laughs> years, and you said he 41. Shut up, <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous. Ain't nobody counting on this show. <laughs> so, okay, so I would like to go back to who was Marvin Cotton before prison like uh-huh. what type of like what side of town you from like your face look a little familiar but not really so i'm like who are you like who's this guy i just got one of those faces you but do i'm from the west side of detroit you from the west side okay what high school did you go to i went to mckenzie high school okay okay yeah, mm-hmm. born and raised on the west side okay um lived there you know half of my life mm-hmm. lived the other half of my life in prison right uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um um, you know, I was a street guy. I was going to say, did you have any prior convictions before you were arrested on the charge you didn't do? Yes, I had a little CCW case. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but besides that, I don't have any other cases or anything like so that. So it wasn't no, like, nothing major, no major right, right, priors. Right, right, And I always let everybody know I was no angel um, before I was arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I didn't deserve to be arrested and mm-hmm. charged and convicted and spent all of that time in prison. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't an angel. Um, so I used the time in prison to change myself and change my life and mm-hmm. uh, become the person that you're getting to know now. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was not the person that you're getting to know now. Well, you were a baby, so you were probably always intended to be the wasn't man. Wasn't no damn baby. <laughs> really? So a 21 isn't a baby? Well, now, then I didn't look at myself like a baby. Right. Now I look at 21-year-olds like Could you? You're right, because you imagine, because you have a daughter, so you're thinking like your daughter's my 21. My daughter's 22. Right, that's a baby. Yeah, yeah, but my daughter daughters uh she's a she's a good 22 mm-hmm. and she's very mature very sharp um I, the years that I was in prison I spent those years really putting everything that I was learning into her okay so I'm gonna ask you so more she's about a different that. 22 than I was at 22 because at 22, you Absolutely. poured a lot into her verses so that's what I want to ask you like how was your home life like coming up did you come from a two-parent home like I know you seem to be really close with your mom I see right, her on yeah. social media I was raised by a single mother mm-hmm. um it's interesting because uh, maybe about an hour and a half ago I was just on the phone with my mother and we were talking about my father and you know how he wasn't around and when he was around he was um you know he he was his broken self mm-hmm. in our life and how it may have been better at the state that he was in that he was not around mm. you know um because instead of you seeing him broken like that absolutely because you know you know broken people have an effect on you when especially when they're in your life um it hurts when they're not around mm-hmm. but how much damage will they do if they are around broken on on that level you know that's, that's a deep that's a conversation in and of itself that is really deep because <laughs> yeah. it's like well damn because i was just watching an interview with um with ti in 21 savage it was really good and i'm not a fan of, i wasn't a fan of 21 savage but i kind of am now after watching the interview but ti was speaking on that he was saying like i guess back in the day some of the older men they would rather leave their families than to be in their families' lives and be broken and not be able to do so they'll just right. leave like well it'll just be better with me out right. not here but i'm like damn maybe it wasn't like right. but if you have that level of consciousness to say let me remove myself because I'm not good for the family. Then you should have the same level of consciousness to say, let me correct myself so that I can be better 
for the family. But usually when people fall away uh, because they're broken, they're really not conscious to say I'm removing myself because I'm bad for mm-hmm. my children. Right. You know, they're yeah. just bad for their children. And that's part of the reason they fell away. Right. Yeah. You know, so if you if you if you conscious enough to make that type of decision, then you should be conscious enough to kind of um, make the repairs or the, cor- the self corrections in order to be in your children's life. Do you think your father not being around? Was, so you think him being around the small amount of time that he was around, it had a, a negative effect on you to where you were thinking maybe of he should have not been around? Of course, of course. Um, but it's kind of hard to to really say. Um, you know, I'm the type of person I'm always trying to find the positive. Yeah, uh, thing maybe that's and, my and, and, I'm doing because I'm like, well, I don't know, like. Because what about people that never met their fathers? They will like they just will wish they had even a broken father just right. so I can just know how he looked. Right, What's his right. name? But the thing about broken people is when you come in contact with them, you get cut. They can't help it. That's just where they at. You know, uh, they're living their life and their life is kind of shattered in that way to where even if you try to put the pieces together, um, you may do a good job, but you still walk away with cuts. Um, so sometimes it's better. um um, to not have contact until a person heal themselves to a certain point to where they're not damaging everything that they touch. See, now we're going all <laughs> off topic because I don't, I believe that like, okay, so you get cut a little bit, like no parent is perfect. You understand? Like my father True. wasn't the perfect father. True. Like I'm, it's some things that my father have done and wait, I take that back. My father is the perfect father. Like I have mm-hmm. the best father in the world, but there are some things that I went through in my childhood that did leave cuts, but I still right. love him even right. more. Right. You know, not all cuts are not bad. Boom. So maybe, you know, you know a little bit of, at least he was there. Right, but you don't want to be bleeding out every time you That's true. <laughs> every time you come in contact with somebody. But but all cuts because we are um really uh full manifestations of all the bad things that happen to us. All of our strength is rooted in um the challenges and the difficulties and the right. struggles. So those things are beautiful. Um but um some things can actually um be cause us to be broken and shattered to where now we're cutting people with the yeah. way we're moving, because somebody just damaged us to that level. So it's like just cut them out, right? We gotta, you gotta have a balance of difficulty. Like and, just don't and, come around. Uh, we'll be better off without you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll be a different therapist. It'll, you'll have a different story for your therapist. Either I wish he was never around, or I wish he was around. Right, right. And, and, and it's always better to be around, but it's always better to be right. It's always yes, in a perfect world. In the perfect world, but, but 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 sometimes things are not completely perfect that way. But at least strive to be better. Okay, I because agree. if you strive to be better, then you know you 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 usually have a better time, a better experience, a better life with people. If you at least strive, at least at least if you at least trying. Okay, so when yeah. I was listening to your interview on um Dogface Radio, you said that you didn't learn how to read, you didn't learn how to read and write until you got in prison. Until, until I was locked up in the county jail. Yeah. Okay, so like, how did you go like twenty one years without knowing how to read and write, and how did you navigate like that? I've always been a fairly good communicator. Mm-hmm. So I was able to kind of, um, I guess, m- manipulate my way through school, talk my way through school. Um, I had a lot of classes where I didn't even have to do any work because of the the rapport and the relationship that I had established with teachers. 
you know, and it would, you know, we're talking about Detroit public schools now. <laughs> no, I, even in, even with Detroit public schools, like I am really surprised that like I don't think I've ever met anybody the same age as me because I'm 41 as well that didn't know how to read and write like at 21. Right. right. And maybe I did, and I just and, didn't know. Yeah, because they, they was me. Like I would have been. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure knew. it's people that knew you then that are completely shocked. Like, is no way he knew how to read Absolutely. and write. Absolutely, and true. I, and I, I can go for that. It's a lot of people that's probably learning that today. Um, um did you who? T- okay, like no. Who I knew that you didn't know how to read and write? Did your mom know? No. How did you hide that from your mom? She's not sitting in the classroom with me. No, but I'm sure your mother have had to have had you sign something, read something, <laughs> pay a bill. Come on, I. Yeah, it was, it was, I was a functional illiterate, uh, I guess a, a highly functional illiterate um, to where I guess maybe my charisma and the way that I moved in life was a, a good enough shield for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually hid it so well that I hid it from myself because when I got locked up and my communication was cut to where now writing was like the primary communication, mm-hmm. um, um, I was faced with Wow, I can't do this. So, how did you write home? Like, well, well that, that that's how that's how my journey began with writing. Um, I wrote um, a female friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, somebody that's still a, a very important friend of mine. Oh, somebody held you down twenty years. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> I wrote her a letter, mm-hmm. and when I called. She said, listen, don't you ever send me nothing like that again. Oh. <laughs> so she didn't know. Uh, she was- listen, she 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 gave it to me so raw. Um shout out to her. But, but it but it, it wasn't for her. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't to destroy me. No, no, no. Yeah. It was to um a tighten up. She said, um, it's sloppy, it's misspelled words, there's missing words, there's no emotion. Um, and she gave it to me and she said, You're too smart to be sending me something like this. Mm. And um, I went to work the next day um, um, tightening up. Um, and, and I've always been so prideful that I never I, I couldn't go to nobody for somebody else to teach me. So how to that's read. what I was going to ask that you right. teach because you know you know right. what I'm picturing the Malcolm X movie when Malcolm X when he somebody was, was sitting down yeah with them. teaching them how no, to read. I, no, I had too much pride for that. Right. So I actually um, uh, would ask people, hey, how you spell this? What's this word? What's this word? And I would write them down, and my memory is so good. I've always had a great memory that I just remembered everything really yeah and i taught myself with so like because i wanted to know like what does teaching yourself how to read look like so you were just kind of like would you log the words or would you just kind of like practice i I would log them i would log them and i would practice and i put my handwriting and my writing up against anybody everybody from prison (laughs) wheel first of all that's one oh that's uh, so during this episode i have like all of these um stereotypes about men that that has been in prison no yuck listen (laughs) penmanship you would not get better penmanship than from a man that has been in prison they will outright anybody so yeah so wow, so you would just log and just practice on your own quietly every to yourself day. Every, every every day. So you became for obsessed years, with it. Very obsessed with it. Within the year, I was writing letters for other people. Wow. You know, that was kind of like my thing. You know, you um couldn't get in touch with your girl, she wasn't responding to your letters, family like, I wasn't responding. I got you. <laughs> Wait till she read this. I'm kinda known for it. Spitting. Then it get worse. Known for it. Yeah, worse. That is um so wow, so for within one year you went from not being able to read or write to writing letters for other people. You were really so you've always been and, really, and within really motivated. a couple of years writing books. Oh, wait, you're an author? Yeah. Well, I, I don't have anything published right now. I'm mm-hmm. working on something that I would like to publish. So but you I have written bo- several books. In prison? In prison. Did other people in prison read them? Absolutely. So and did they, did they go crazy in jail? 
I've sent other books out to family and friends and stuff like that. So, like, what type of books do you read? I mean, do you write? I'm sorry. I love to write um, 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 nonfiction, but I write fiction as well. Okay, I can write fiction or nonfiction. I love self help books, so I kind of write that type of. um, What's the best self help book you've read for yourself? um, Other than the one you wrote for yourself, that you wrote yourself. A lot of people that that know me will probably laugh, but. Um, I've written uh, self-help books on relationships. <laughs> from prison. <laughs> right, from prison. How? Never had a successful relationship to date, but, I, but I've but i written books on uh, relationships. Like, what would make you be in jail and want to write a book about relationships? Like, was because, this just all made when, up out of fantasy? Well, when you're in prison, you want to um, maintain relationships. You want to create better relationships because you're losing relationships. People are falling away from you. So you have to develop um, a real, genuine ways of connecting to people. So I've always been interested in the human mind and the way it works and why it works the way it works and why people interact the way they interact with each other. And um, um, that's kind of like my thing. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, so let's say, because I want to go back to the day you actually got arrested. Like, where were you at? Like, what were you doing? Because we haven't really talked about, like, exactly what you got arrested for and what were you exonerated of. Well, I was charged with and convicted of first-degree murder and felony firearm. Okay. Um, I was arrested on February 19th, 2001. Um, I was actually with my daughter's um, uh, mother getting ready to go pick up my daughter from daycare. Um, I noticed a car following me. Um, like a Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Um, so I dropped her off to get my daughter together so that we can um, uh, pick her up and take her somewhere else. And, you know, while I dropped her off, I drove around looking for this Cadillac that, that appeared to be following me. Mm-hmm. Um, come to find out it was the police uh, oh. following me. So I was arrested on Plymouth and Mendota. Oh, well, I know exactly where that and is. I actually went my first day out that night, um, I went and took some pictures mm. there, you know, because that's where the handcuffs went on. And um, that's where my freedom was lost, because after that point, um, my movement has been pretty much controlled by somebody else from that moment for the next 19 years, seven months, 12 days. So, yeah. So when they picked you up on Plymouth and Mendota, like, did you ever come back home? After? No, no. Are you when the handcuffs went on? You never came back home. I never came back home until October first. That's when the handcuffs came uh, figuratively um, and literally uh, came off. Wow. Okay. So they handcuff you. They take you to jail. They tell you what you charge. They charge you for. You like absolutely not. Y'all know y'all got the wrong person. Absolutely. I'm going to be going home soon. Right. I'm. I'm. I'll be out of here in a few hours. To all right. I'll be out of here in a few days. Well, I'd be out of here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'd be out of here the I next hearing. I cannot imagine, yeah. like, my mind cannot wrap itself, like, okay, I'm about to go home in a few hours to, I've been did 19 years in prison for a crime I completely right. denied. Uh, you, you experience a lot of numbness mm-hmm. um, because it's so overwhelming to the senses um, uh, when you're experiencing something that the, the, the brain wasn't prepared for. Um, so, so during those processes, you actually, like, you're really just floating through. Mm-hmm. You're, you don't feel You're watching anything. yourself experience what you experience. Almost like an out-of-body experience. Absolutely. So, so, so you're numb. Um, you're, you're not prepared for it. You've never been through it before. Well, it's a lot of people that's been through it a lot of times. But Yeah, um, but I'm sure the first time. Like, absolutely. How long did the trial take? Um, it took me a little over nine months to go to trial. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I was in the county jail for nine months um, until I went to trial. And then I was in the county jail maybe another month before I was sentenced and sent to prison. So, And from what I hear, I've never been to jail or county or whatever. But I heard the county is way worse than prison. Like people, It's nasty. It's yeah. filthy. It's yeah. dirty. Um, I went down there in 2017 on a uh, what's called a writ, um, you know, battling and fighting my case. And I went down there for a hearing. And I swear it's dirt down there that was still down from 2001. From 2000, like, no, this, this is the like, here. I, I am not exaggerating. <laughs> like, real talk, you know? That is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that dirty, it's that filthy. I caught the flu when I was down there. Ugh. Um, Ugh. Um, yeah, you know, I, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Okay, so nine months trial come, the day of your sentence. When you go for sentencing, do you f- have a strong sense of you're going home? Did you think you well, did good? Well, well, when when after you're convicted, when you go to get sentenced, you know, the next day they ride you to the prison. So at the sentencing, you don't have really nothing to say. You're just about to get the time and your appeal starts right then. You sign your appeal papers, letting them know you intend to appeal. Um, and you on your journey. So the last day of your trial, you know if you were found um, guilty or innocent? Absolutely. You go to trial, the jury deliberate. Um, uh, my trial lasted like four days from the 15th to the 19th. The mm-hmm. jury came back with a verdict and, um, you get the verdict right then. So how was that getting that verdict? Like, and they came uh, back with a guilty verdict knowing that um, you didn't do it. You don't hear, I've never met anybody that hear guilty or not guilty mm-hmm. because you literally, your heart is pumping in your ears so hard that you don't, you don't hear guilty or not guilty. You, you know what the jury said by how everybody else is reacting. So like everything just goes like <laughs> like like when you about to pass out like your hearing leave but you yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah like you hear your heart beating yeah yeah it's that type of party because the the atmosphere is thick they bring in like fifteen extra officers so um, the energy everybody is real in, thick. It, the energy is thick everybody in the courtroom is is waiting people crying the jury come in they crying that's an indication that that that, that, that it ain't good when people in the jury is crying. Um, and it was a few tears. So, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't even you telling this like Jesus because I'm thinking like your mom was there and then they come back with a guilty verdict. And then you I, all I can picture is this. And I know you say you wasn't a baby. But I can just picture this young 21 year old baby yeah. sitting up there. Right, getting, 160 pounds. Yes. Getting handed down all of this time. And you really didn't do it. Like this has to be like worst case scenario. Right. 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 And and and. The numbness of it is so real that it, it's almost paralyzing. Mm. But but from that day forward, uh, my fight changed because I went from fighting the case to now being convicted of the case. And now the fight has just got a hundred times harder because digging yourself out of a guilty verdict is harder than never getting one to begin with. Oh, wow. You know, because... Um, coming from up under a guilty verdict is um, it's challenging the integrity of the system. Mm-hmm. So I was convicted, but I'm innocent. How did that happen in this system? So you have a lot of people along the way that is fighting you because they're really protecting the integrity of the system. And they don't want to look like something is wrong with the system that they work and control. Even if they know you right, but Absolutely. it's like no, we don't want to admit this right because, because it affects the integrity of the, of the whole system. thing. Absolutely. So, how many other cases have we missed? Like, how many other people can right. we bring? Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's part of the problem. Um, um, nobody wants to admit when they're wrong. Nobody wants to do the right thing um, because it affects every other thing. 
So something in you, when they hand you down this um, guilty verdict, so it's like, okay, whatever. I know they're probably going to throw a whole lot of time at me. At 21, something in you was like, I'm just not going to ever stop fighting. Like, what just gave you the will to... Because I know in the interview I listened to, you said that you filed 22 briefs. And I can remember thinking, like, I don't even know what one brief looks like. So what does one brief look like? Like, what does filing 22 briefs actually look like? Well, uh, Like, how long would it take you to do one? It would just to prepare one um, is a f- uh, at least a few months. Um, Jesus. You know, you, you, you're reading through other cases that's similar to yours. Um, you're trying to find the, 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 the right cases to um, convince the judge. Yeah, definitely pour some more um, champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. You, you, you know, you're trying to find all of the right cases. You're trying to, um, 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 you're doing research, you're doing investigative work. Um, um, and then at the end, then at the end, you're actually, um, 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 you know, spell checking and checking typos and, you know. Who taught you how to file briefs? Like, how did you, because I'm just trying to figure out, like, how old were you when you filed your first brief? Maybe 23. So you came in right to a young, getting right to it. Absolutely. So you didn't have no, um, no, um. Play time in prison because you know you were young, so right, you know how some men right. go into prison as babies and they have to mature. Like you go through your maturation process in prison, right? So right. and I was I've been thinking about that a lot since I've come into contact with you. Like a lot in this cup. That's okay. Been, <laughs> <laughs> what are you home. trying to get out of me today? <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Don't worry, ladies. I'm I'm saucing them up now. Nah, we gonna get them later. No, I'm joking. So um no like so I was wondering. I've been thinking about that a lot. Far as like how men mature, like right. how when you're not in prison you just have the luxury of just maturing just as nature takes right. its course whereas you going into prison at 21 you already a grown man right right fighting literally right. fighting for your life well i was raised in the streets by older guys mm-hmm. i was i was always the youngest guy um around so i was um that comes with a certain level of maturity even though now as i look back even the older guys was not as mature as they were supposed to be right and mm-hmm. they was raising me in the streets yeah. you know um um so, so the standard, my standard, um, and the standard that was placed on me was always a little higher anyway. Okay. And just naturally, I'm a pretty serious person. You seem very uh, serious. Yeah. I thought that was just from prison because I think uh, most men that did a lot of time in prison, <laughs> very serious. Yeah, I'm a pretty serious person by nature. Um, so in a more serious environment, uh, my level of seriousness, you know, got even higher. Um, so, yeah, I come through the door um, ready to get busy. I didn't play cards because that okay, uh, so that was you dispel one myth because that's one of my myths. When men been in prison for a long time, I don't play cards, cards or dominoes with them because you right. can't beat them. Like if anybody ever had to play for <laughs> soups, right? I don't want to have no parts of it. Right now, I'm not a loser, so we play. <laughs> I'm a win, but, but you, in like in prison, like you never yeah, played yeah, no I'm, cards, no dominoes, no, none of that. What did you do for leisure time in prison? Seeing read mo- books, write, practice my writing, read. Why am I? I think you really did that, like. 95 percent of the yeah, time yeah, like my, were you muslim before you went to prison or are you, no are you muslim now yes so look at you you just <laughs> they get your glasses as soon as, as you came full in full of stereotypes yes they get your glasses as soon as you walked in brother cotton he's like i'm ready give me my bow tie no I left my glasses in the truck <laughs> <laughs> so how old were you when you um became muslim like when you found um Allah? 20 20 22 23 Soon you came in hitting yeah. it. 
So you, how old were your do- how old was your daughter when you two and a half two and a half yeah. so like how was that like because that one of my questions was how was it raising your daughter from prison and like have you ever had conversations with her how was it like having a father that's in prison and was it ever any shame attached to it right. like when everybody's like well where your father like oh my father is in prison right now um, I've always had a very close relationship with my daughter mm-hmm. um, um, talked to her you know a few times a week every week until it was like, as she got older, like every day um, until the day I walked out and I still talk to her every day. Um, so wait a minute. So who made sure that she talked to you every day? Her mother? Cause her, that her, her mother was a great help, but everybody that was around her made sure that I had that type of access. That is um, really, really good. I, I actually didn't have any opposition. I had no one standing in my way with my relationship with my daughter. My mother brought her to visit me all the time. So even at the, um, um, you know, if I didn't have great communication with her mother during uh, large spans of time, my mother still brought her to come see me mm-hmm. um, every month. Um, um, sometimes, sometimes it was a little longer than that, but oh, I wow. see her all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I knew that I had to step my game up when it came to my daughter because I was at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So I made sure I had her ears from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't make mistakes either, so. Um, you thought I was gonna knock a drink over? I, I, I don't make mistakes, but <laughs> I don't make mistakes. Yeah, I don't make mistakes. I don't make mistakes. <laughs> but um, um, so I actually made a post yesterday about my relationship with my daughter. I seen that, and your daughter is so beautiful, and I love the relationship with her. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, so 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 I started teaching her at a very young age um, things that I, I wanted to make sure that her level. Uh, of consciousness was raised at a very, a very, a very young age. So I started teaching her things that a lot of adults wouldn't learn. Um, Look at me. Give me an example. And I have a reason the why. The first word I, mean, I taught her how to spell was strategy. Oh, wow. You know, at three years old, I taught her how to spell strategy. And I pounded that in her head for like the next three or four years. She would come up and I would show her how to play Connect Four. And I would beat her. Every, I would not take it easy on her and I would talk to her and I would let her know, you know, life is not going to be easy. You know, you're a female, uh, you're black, uh, so you have to be better. Um, and I would tell her these things as I'm playing with her and she get frustrated and she's losing and mm-hmm. my mother's trying to help her win and I wouldn't <laughs> let my mother help her because I, I used to tell her, hey, you're not going to have help sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's just you, you know, and then at a certain point I couldn't beat her. Oh, wow, because <laughs> yeah. she was making sure, yeah. like, I'm practicing before yeah, I go up here. like, five, six years old. I couldn't even beat her. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, like, the first thing that was very important for me to teach her about strategy and about truth, about being real, um, because I, I knew that in our relationship, her telling me the truth would be very important, especially with me not being there. Mm-hmm. So we talked a lot about truth. I taught her, I've taught her body language. Um, she's five, six years old, taught her how to read body language and and she was receptive to these lessons. Um, that- absolutely. But I, I made it fun. My daughter's a pretty serious person, too. Now, even as a baby, she really? was. Yeah, she's so pretty, she's her father's child. Yeah, she's pretty. She's pretty serious. Oh, that's, <laughs> well, that's good. So I can see yeah, that. I can see that really um, working out. So, OK, so I'm on this whole um, unlearn and relearn. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to unlearn. A bunch of stuff that's kind of traditionally been put into me, and I want to relearn a lot of new things, right? Okay. So what are some things that you've had to unlearn and relearn, like far as going into prison, some things you had to unlearn and relearn, and then coming home mm-hmm. now? Um, 
prison is so um, the contact. Everybody is so close. It's it's a little city, mm-hmm. maybe twelve hundred, depending on what prison you're at. Twelve, thirteen hundred people mm-hmm. um, in a very close proximity. So you got you know most people don't don't communicate with a thousand people a day, right? But in prison, you're coming in contact with a thousand people every day. Um, so problems arise. And prison teaches you how to deal with a problem quick. Because if you don't deal with it quick, it can go from being a problem about nothing to somebody losing a life. Oh, wow. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it could be about a, a, ra- a ramen noodle soup. And like literally, literally a couple hours later, by the time the yard opened because this problem wasn't dealt with, and you might have 10 guys out there with their knives and, and ready to go to war about a ramen noodle soup because it wasn't dealt with. So prison teach mm. you how to uh, immediately um, use diplomacy and politics and deal with a problem. Um, um, everything is heightened there. Everything is more. Everything is worth more. Everything has more value there because you have nothing. So everything you do have is like everything to you. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing in an environment in close proximity where every little thing means so much more. So prison teach you how to um, um, deal with problems immediately. So and did you learn that like as soon as you got there, like, okay, I got to adjust? Yeah, it's definitely. Like always been on the pivot? Absolutely. And, 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 and you have to be flexible because things can change. Mm. You know, you in close proximity with all these people, um, you control you, but you don't control everybody's bad days. Yeah. You know, you don't control that. Um, so prison, prison teaches you how to deal with problems immediately. Uh, and it teaches you how to see problems even before they unfold. You can tell a whole story like, Hey, watch this. This is how this is about to go down. And you tell the whole story. Yeah, this going, he going to do this. Then he going to tell. And then he go, you, you know, the whole story <laughs> right. before it happened. So when you get out of prison, those skills, you know, I see stuff, you know, I can be somewhere and I'm telling everybody, like, yeah, watch this. This this getting ready to happen. And they like, man, what is you talking about? Yeah, because I'll be way whole... paranoid when y'all come home. Yeah, yeah. But we see better. <laughs> <laughs> you will be mad paranoid. Like, you ain't drinking. No, somebody got to be on point. Like, oh, my right. God. I got security with me tonight. Like, right. <laughs> so, okay, do you think the adjustment to try to come at home from prison to unlearn and relearn things will be harder? Because, like, you did, like, 19 years of, like, really hard time being in that, like, numb environment. So, right. like, maybe some things you're going to have to unlearn coming right. home. I'm so arrogant that I'm probably not even paying attention to my institutionalized ways. I'm like. <laughs> oh, so everybody want to come home now? Like, I haven't been institutionalized. Like, yeah. I am, I, I'm good out here in these I, I was pretty connected to the world when I was in prison. Um Look at she laughing at me. And now, <laughs> now I'm only laughing because everybody that's in jail say the same thing. You can, man, I've had real arguments with guys that's in jail about things that's in the world. And they're like, I'm like, how are you going to tell me? I'm actually out right, here. They right, know more right, than me. Right. So I'm not. Um, and, and that's another thing I wanted to say. Like, I have a really close friend that's serving a life. Um, bit in jail right now that I'm close to. I visit him well before COVID. I would visit him often. Maybe that's why I look familiar. No, I, no. Trust me, I would have remembered you. <laughs> nah, nope. <laughs> I would have been like, ah, that was old boy. No, that's not it. But um, so he wanted me to ask you some questions, but I didn't get a chance to download his questions on JPay. Sorry, he'll be okay. Um, so no, but one of the questions that he did want me to ask you is that what are you doing for um? 
to reach back to help other men that are in prison that may still right. need to be um get help getting out of jail. Um, are you still alive? Well, yes. Okay. When, when 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 we were sitting in the parking lot, you know, we parked right next to each other. Um, I was. Is that a, your phone? I don't know. It may be my phone in my bag. It's my other phone. Yeah, I was actually. Um, um, I was actually on the phone with a friend of mine mm-hmm. that's in prison, um, trying to help him coordinate some legal stuff that he had going on. Oh, okay. But yeah, I got like fifty guys that call me from prison. Like so now, how is like that burden all day, every day? I got like fifty guys. That Were call you me expecting from that burden? Like when you like doing your own thing, like fighting your own case? I knew, I knew that I would be communicating with a lot of guys in prison. Um, um, a lot of people that I'm connected to, and yes, I want to reach back, um, but I, I didn't realize the sheer volume. Yeah, you know my number's being passed around. I'm trying to stop my number from being yeah, passed like around. please stop giving my number out right. because like you can't help everybody. But I'm right. sure but they're I'm, like Marvin Gaye that time back. I'm, I'm giving mine back. But I'm trying to, uh, and, and it is motivating. But I'm trying to put together a system mm-hmm. um, because an individual can't just do everything. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to put together a system that uh, uh, brothers in prison can really benefit from. Okay, so, so like, do you have like a plan in place? Like, do you think you have like the tools and everything? Like, you think you can put all all of it together to kind of get it going? Absolutely, I'm trying to formulate a nonprofit to actually help coordinate and do things that that would make it easier for me and to give back okay. and to help position people because I know what they need. You know, I know exactly what they need. You know. So okay, now you said you filed 22 briefs in prison. So what at the when you filed the 21st brief, were you like? You know what? If this one don't yeah. pop, yeah. Well, by, by by twenty, the twenty first one, I knew I had them. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I knew I had. Them. So, okay. At what point did you know you had them? Like, at what point did you start getting leeway? Were you like, uh oh, let me? Well, always knew that I would get out of prison one day. Really? Um, absolutely. I, I I always knew that. Always knew it. I've I've never accepted, and I've never said to anybody that I had natural life. That's what I was sentenced to: natural life mm-hmm. without the possibility of parole. I've never said that to one person. What would you say when they asked you how much time you have? They sentenced me to natural life. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. They sentenced me to Not natural I life. I have natural Not, life. I, I've never said that. Mm. Never. So at which brief did you start to see like some, because like how did, like what was the thing that got you off? Like what was the thing that got you exonerated of all charges? Like was it one particular, like up oh, the what, DNA didn't match or was what, it? Whatever were witnesses that had recanted um, oh, really? their testimony. There mm-hmm. was also um, evidence of um, homicide detectives, um, shady stuff that they were doing as far as either manufacturing witnesses or um, withholding the identity of witnesses that could help. Um, um, uh, but the conviction integrity unit, um, excuse me, out of the Wayne County Prosecutor Office, which is a pretty new unit um, of prosecutors, actually reopened my case um, after I filed um, the 22nd brief. And oh, wow. they got involved, reopened the case, reinvestigated the entire case, um, and found additional things to go with the things that I already knew about. Mm-hmm. They found things that I did not know about. And that's what led to me sitting right here before you today. So can you go into detail about some of the things that they um that they found that you didn't even know about? Like, because well, I just want to know like how dirty was it? Like, was it like damn y'all? Like y'all knew he wasn't even there. Y'all knew that he didn't fit the description. Right. Like y'all knew right. all of the stuff. Y'all just really just pinned this on him. Right. They 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 some of the things they found they found that the homicide detectives had um um literally just manufactured evidence and put it in notes to help 
um, the prosecutor make decisions. Right. You know, so the prosecutors, you know, from my understanding, had absolutely no knowledge of what the detectives were doing in order to either further the case or get the case to move along a certain line. Mm -hmm. um, were you like, why you like, were you singled out for any particular reason? Did you have a bad relationship with these cops from the past? Yes. Um, oh, wow. Um, I filed a complaint. Police had broken my house mm -hmm. in 2000 and I filed a complaint that eventually had led to some police being indicted um, did they um, steal a lot of stuff out your house? That's the reason why you found well, the complaint? Well, well, yeah, they did take some things out of my house, but they were there. Um, you know, a guy had sold sold me sold me some guns. and Well, sold me a gun. I bought the gun. He stole the gun from a police officer. Mm. I guess maybe the gun was a gun that the police wasn't even supposed to have, so they went above and beyond in order to get the gun back. Um, so um, uh, it led them to me, and they broke in my house looking for the gun, and... Um, took other stuff that they wasn't looking for and oh wow yeah so yeah this is crazy so do you or do you still know the guy who sold you the gun originally because uh, he's dead he died oh wow rest, yeah. may he rest in peace yeah when i was in prison okay let me make sure i say that yeah I no no <laughs> he was accounted for we right. we did count that day he was there uh, <laughs> 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 so what is the greatest lesson you have learned in your young life like your young life. What was the greatest lesson you learned? Wow. I've never been asked that question before. Oh. Look at you. Mm -hmm. Moet kicking in. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it helps. <laughs> um, I would say um, um, I'm, a, I'm a protector by nature. Mm -hmm. um, um, my step, one, one of my stepfathers um, who pretty much kind of, kind of, kind of raised me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, he instilled in me that protective nature. Mm -hmm. So that may be one of the greatest things that I've learned uh, in, your young in life. my young life. Mm -hmm. um, to protect the family. Always protect your mother, protect your brother, protect your sister, protect your family. Um, he really instilled that in me. Um, do you have siblings? Yes. Of course, uh, obviously you yes, do. Yes, today right? is my brother's birthday. Happy birthday to my brother. Happy birthday, brother. <laughs> How old is your brother turned today? Um, I'm three years older, so he's 39. 39. Happy birthday, brother. Last day in his 30, in his 30s. That's going to be really good. Do you have um, any sisters? Yes, I have an older sister. So you middle child. I'm a middle child. Three years older, three years younger. Oh, so you do you have middle child syndrome? I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. I bet you don't. I um, said I don't know what it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but you... But I am my mother's favorite, though. So no, no, I'm sure your brother would, and your sister would not agree. Well... Hey. And you can't say that because, like, she's been doing this whole twenty year bit with you, so she probably they probably do really mm -hmm. feel like you're her favorite. Like, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're home, so she's probably so happy. Right. She's just because yeah. I'm her favorite. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that that isn't fair at all. Um, what is the greatest lesson you've learned as an adult? Like since since becoming an adult, um, um, never relent. Never relent. Mm. You know, always be Go resilient. Go into detail on that, really. Um, always be resilient. Um, you never know when things are about to break through. Mm -hmm. If you relent, if you give up, then you may give up right before, you know. 
I guess that would be the perfect message for you because had you given up right before. Absolutely. So getting back to like, when did you start seeing like leeway on your case breaking? Like I want to go because it's like. About I, maybe five years ago. Because I'm picturing you being so numb. And you're just kind of going through the motions, right? Like you're, of course, in your heart, you believe you're coming home and you're doing all of the work you're supposed to do. Staying diligent and being disciplined and kind of doing everything you're supposed to do. But like, when, what was the first time where you was like, and did you keep it to yourself when you probably got mail back going like, oh, I could probably go home right well maybe like five years ago is when um i was able to really prove uh, i've been telling people from day one people that support me everybody that support me they tell you everything that i'm telling you today mm-hmm. they've always known because they were around but maybe five years ago is when i was able to even prove to them like look at look at this mm-hmm. um you know, this is what I've been saying. I've been telling everybody this, and now I can prove it. Mm-hmm. So maybe like five years, five years ago, but things ain't didn't really start getting good until um, what, like three years ago, mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah. So what happened? You filed a brief, and it came back and said what? Um, um, I filed um, my last. <laughs> I'm sorry. The reason why I'm asking is because like I was so low in emotion when we went through the courtroom. I need, I need balance. Like I, <laughs> I need to know how did you feel when I'm like, I'm picturing you as like a regular day. You go get your mail, you wait to open it, you know, you, know, you don't wait to open legal mail. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, you, I'm going right, to take my shower right, you, first. You, you, you open, but well, they open the legal mail for you right in your face. Um, oh really? Yeah. But they can't read it though, but they open it, they search it and they hand it to you. Okay. So it was actually one page. So, um, usually when they give you a denial, one page, they stamp it, denied, like literally, mm-hmm. you know, just the, the, um, it's, it's the biggest insult. Mm-hmm. You know, I just pour my, my life out to you and told you why you're wrong and I'm right. And you sent me one page. So, um, they called me to go get legal mail. I was working in the kitchen, um, in prison, the prison kitchen. And I go get my legal mail with, the white song. Oh, so I know your cookups used to be fire. Well, I'm not that big on the cookups. <laughs> you work in the kitchen. I mean, used to be taking everything out the kitchen, cooking it up. Well, yeah, you know, you know. Oh, you were Muslim. Well, you're Muslim, so you was on a strict diet. Yeah, and and then I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat red meat. But I'm sure. How did I know? How, why did I? Why Because <laughs> you got a whole book of stereotypes over there. <laughs> okay, so you were working in the kitchen. They call you to go get legal mail. Right. So I go get my legal mail. It's, it's like five minutes to count. So it's nobody outside. They rushing me. I got to walk over there real fast because I got to get back to the kitchen because they got to do count. So you got when it's count time, you got to sit still. You got to be in one spot and. Officer, you know, all of that type of stuff. You you know that. You I do. I'm prison, very familiar with you. Oh, no. I am a first <laughs> Wait, hold, pause. No, I am not. Hold up. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. No, no, no you no, have prison no, friends, no. I meant. That's what I meant. No, 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 no. Kill those guns for that. I am not a fucking prison girlfriend. Marvin, don't do that to me. Don't do that. You got friends in prison, no, and you're a very supportive friend, so you know what's going on. I family in prison as well. Right. A prison girlfriend. Like, no, I am not a prison girlfriend. Have I been on visiting when they had to do count? Yes, I have. Right. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly. Sit still. Wait, you can't I, get up to go to the vending machine. So I do know time. that I need, I do know what time I need to get to that visiting room before the next count start because I don't want to be caught out in right. the That is, that is sad. But okay, well, no, it's not sad. It's that's solid. So absolutely. Good job. So they're rushing so, you. So, so I go get my legal mail and they open it. And when I see the, the one page, 
like they didn't deny me. Um, I had been waiting, and this this was pretty quick too. It was like maybe like ninety days, hundred days mm-hmm. um, since you know the last time I filed. So I'm like, wow. Um, so they hand it to me. I look at it and I go straight to the bottom because you go straight to the bottom. You see whether it's denied or not, and I'm expecting to see denied, and it said granted in part. Oh, like wow. So I go up to the top and I read it, and not only um, uh, was it a win. Um, it was done in a way that they don't usually do it. It was unanimous. It's three judge panel and it's never unanimous, but it was unanimous. Um, and the word, the words that they used was words that I had never seen them use in a case before. And then, um, it really set a foundation for me to really, you know, go forward with a different type of energy. Okay. When you read this, so lip- even though it was count time, I was, um, at a location with my co-defendant, um, um, and he was in a, a unit. Um, um, near the child hall, um, uh, where I worked at in the kitchen. So I walked over to you. It's count time now. So but you was I, but like I'm outside, Grace, you know, hollering outside his window, yes. you know. And um, um, uh, but it was it was a beautiful day. Um, and 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 it was great. So so you didn't want to hold back the emotion from the CEO, or that you was like, okay, or you like by yourself and you. Right. Well, I was walking back by myself. Okay. It was count time. It was nobody else out there. Right. But yeah, I was excited. Uh, I was happy. Um, yeah, yeah. So do you get to sue the state of Michigan now for money? Um, well, um, a lawsuit is um, definitely a possibility when you've been, um, exonerated or, um, your charges has been vacated. So yes, that's definitely a possibility. So I knew, uh, I met another guy who had, had not a similar situation to yours, but he did like some people found his case and they was actually, um, he was actually innocent and they got him off. Right. But he could have, they said that if the the state will offer him a plea so he can like get out of jail like right immediately if he took the plea or he could turn down the plea because he was innocent. And then once you turn down the plea, you, you know, kind of fight your case all the way through and get right. exonerated. And then that's how you can legally sue. Well, he chose to just take the plea because he was like, I need to go home now. Like right. he was had been there six years for something he didn't do. He's like, I'm gone. I'm out. But the people were really pissed off because if he would have found his case, they wanted to sue and take percentage of the money. So, like, they did all of this stuff to fight for his freedom, and he took the plea. Right. Yeah, I, I would have never taken any amount of time. Right. Yeah, even at, if it at, was time served. At, at no stage, I would have never taken any amount of time. Yeah, like, well, you can get out now. Just say you did it. We'll give you time served. No, nope. I would have never taken any amount of time at any stage. I'm, um, I've always been solid and um, um, concrete on that. Okay. So I was going to ask you, like, what is the one thing that made you mature really fast? But I'm probably thinking being convicted of murder uh, that uh, you did. The, you thing, did the thing that really motivated me was knowing that I was at war, um, you know, although it was legal, uh, all, all at war with people that had better minds than me, college educated um, people that this is their job. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, detectives um, that, you know, 20, 30 year careers to where they've done hundreds or thousands of cases and they were using their experience and, and, and their intelligence against me. That really motivated me to build my mind to be able to meet them. So, you know, when I was in prison, I read books. I, I, I developed my mind. I, I sharpened myself to be able to meet them where they were at. So you never answered what was the best motivational, like if you have to um, recommend a good motivational book. I told you, I like to write things on relationships. Um, no, no, what oh, book would you suggest? that I read. Yeah, that you would suggest to other people. Um, um, 
Um, the Master Key System is a is a great book. Um, um, it's, it's similar to The Secret. Okay, I read The Secret. Yeah, similar to that. It's it's it's, it's several very good books uh, along them same lines. But the Master Key System is um, uh, probably um, one of the best. Also, As a Man Thinketh mm-hmm. um, by James Allen. Um, that's a that's a very good book. Um, it's, it's it's short. It's something you can almost read every day if you mm-hmm. want to, like from cover to cover. Yeah. Um, um, Wait, I, what? Yeah. What you mean, read it every day? Well, I've, I used, I had books that I read every day. Um, <laughs> you know, my favorite book, The Art of War, I, I, I've read that book maybe 70 times cover to cover. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? She looked at me like, yeah, Ooh, your ass is crazy. <laughs> no, no, I like to read books too. So the, I'll say some of my favorite books since Marvin want to be uh, deep and give his books. Um, No, so my books, uh, like Who Moved My Cheese? Have you ever read that book? No. Move, move my cheese is really, really good. When I was talking about like pivoting, always staying ready to move no matter what, like not getting stuck, not being complacent, always um, keeping your gym shoes around your neck because you never know when you have to go. Right. And it's a really, really short read too. And um, The Slight Edge, I really like that book. That book kind of changed my life. Along with The Secret, but The Slight Edge really did change my life. Okay. Yeah, The Slight Edge is a really good one. So at any given time, did you ever think that your time in prison was karma for things that you did not get caught doing? Um, uh, I know that, you know, a lot of tears that I could have cried, mm-hmm. um, I probably didn't cry because, like I said, I wasn't an angel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, sometimes you, you you look to rest your head um, wherever you can rest it. You know, so you rationalize like, well, you know, um, um, um Maybe maybe I am in here for something that I that I did do, even though I'm in here for something that I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a, definitely um, um, uh, a thought and and a, and a place where I rested my head just to get through some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I really used it, and my real motivation that helped me get through the time was I'm gonna use this time to become better. I'm a this is a college. I turned myself into a a, a college. Uh, environment books mm-hmm. everywhere you know I'm writing I'm taking notes I'm studying um, uh, being in the cell was not a bad thing so sometimes when I was able to come out the cell I didn't come out the cell because I was just like rebellious against oh you giving me time out the cell now I'm gonna stay in the cell so wow like <laughs> that's like the movie what, the, the guy who was the boxer who ended up going to prison like that's what he did like he did he did everything backwards like he slept when he when it was up he was up when they were right. asleep like he switched everything just to kind of right. get out of his mind that is um that's really pretty interesting when is the last time you cried um ooh, um October 1st when the judge um actually entered the order um you know when you're in prison and you've experienced so many ails mm-hmm. um if you don't see it in black and white it's not real so I found out like four or five days before um, uh, my court date that that things were going to go the way that they went. So I, I had a, a little advance notice. Um, How was your night in your cell that night? I stopped sleeping. Did you sleep? I went to court Thursday. I went home on a Thursday. Um, I found out on Sunday. I didn't sleep from Sunday till um I think it was after the next Sunday. Wow! When my body, um, my body just shut down on me. Really, it left me no choice. 
Um, I'm talking about I was shaking. I'm talking about my body just shut down on me. It was like you ain't had no sleep. Yeah, so it's I, been a week. I literally was up for over a week, um, just up, you know, in prison and then got out of prison and was still up. So who was the first person you told in prison? Like, I'm going home. Um, 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 one of my brothers in there, he's like, he's like, um, they call him my twin cause we look alike. He just don't have a beard. Okay. Uh, real good guy. Real solid guy. Um, but I told him, I told him like, Hey, this is what it is. Yeah. I'm smiling so hard right now. Yeah. Okay. So how has life been adjusting to being home now? Um, I'm the type of person where I'm not trying to adjust to what everybody else is doing. What's normal for everybody else. Uh. That sound real institutionalized. <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm not, sorry, that was a hard I'm eye not, roll. I'm not trying to live a life like everybody else. I'm trying to accomplish things um, in a different way and and accomplish things that I haven't quite seen. So I know if I fall into the habits of everybody else, then I'll just be living their life. Mm-hmm. And I can't live your life and establish my legacy. Um, so I'm real focused and I'm real big on not adjusting, but um, to be flexible, of course, to be able to move how I need to move through what's normal without becoming normal. That was like some real prison stuff. I just laid on you. Know, you had- <laughs> that was, you know what? That, that was, was good prison, prison talk. I was like, that's what I like. Like, you know what? That's what. <laughs> That's, that's that jail you, talk I like. That's, that's why you be up in the prisons. <laughs> <laughs> I do not be up in them prisons. Like, Murphy, stop trying to paint me to be this prison mama. That's, no. Wow, but no, that is really good. So what's next for you? Like, what is your plans? Like, what is Marvin? What do you do next? Because well, I see you just got the Spirit of Detroit Award. I was so happy for yeah, you. Like, absolutely. how was So how was all of this attention? How was it getting all of, all of this attention? I'm and, always getting attention. Now, let me just say that. Even oh, though, God. <laughs> I'm going to have to interview some of these girls you knew before. Yeah, they were like, girl, he always was like that. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it was great. so nice. It was great getting um, um, the Spirit of Detroit Award. I actually wasn't expecting it. Um, I knew that they were doing something um, in our honor. Um, because wait a minute, let me just say this. I'm sorry to cut you off because you getting exonerated and for your case, that actually helps your co-defendant as absolutely. well. Absolutely, we both. So another we, black we, man was able to come home from prison as well. Absolutely, we thank both, you. We both were yes. exonerated. JG. Both, both of our convictions were vacated. <laughs> uh, r- Ooh, that's re- something to be proud really, of. Really good guy. Um, very. Are talented. y'all still close? Absolutely, very talented. Um, he's a legal genius. Really? Absolutely. So both of y'all Sharp. were fighting on both ends. Absolutely. Oh, wow. That's yeah. good. Um, uh, definitely a, a dynamic duo. Um, um, if we were two other people, we may not be out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that I fought and the way that he fought and we, us coming together, um, um, led to us being out. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So I just want to make sure that we pointed that out. Did another guy came home with you another brother came home that's that's excellent so how is it like with all of this attention and like what's new what's next for you um well you know of course like i said i want to build a system that helps similarly situated um uh, wrongful convicted um guys to still in prison that's fighting Mm -hmm. um one of the biggest things is when you innocent you know nobody want to hear that a lot of times your family give up on you. Your yeah. friends give up on you. You lose yeah. your support system. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody want to touch you. Yeah. You know, nobody want to be associated with you, but you innocent. 
Because that's an uphill battle. That's a hard battle. Right. Especially like when you're in there like 10 years, like, come on, like really right. life has kind of went on. Yeah, like yeah, people will pe- forget about you. People give up on you. 20 years in prison. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you were swallowed up by a monster that don't lose. The, that you're does not lose. talking about the state of yeah. Michigan. And you're trying to convince people on the outside, like, no, I really didn't do you. it. Like, yeah, like right. I need you to do this. Like, right. this isn't going to work. I need you to help me so I can get out of prison. Yeah. And people looking at it like the state of Michigan do not want you to get out of prison. Yeah. You're not getting out of prison, and I'm waiting on the state of Michigan to send me a check, and you want me to help you against the state of Michigan. <laughs> how how much help from outside did you need to do? To, did, did you need to file your 22 briefs that you filed? Well, you, you you always need people that's going to um, help you get information. Um, um, file Freedom Information Act requests um, to, 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 to get documents from the prosecutor office, from the police department, um, 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 track, hopefully track witnesses down, find addresses because your attorney only going to do so much. So who was doing all that for you, that girl that um, told you don't write her no more them, um, <laughs> <laughs> bad well, letters? I've had friends, um, some came and went. Um, came for a season and you did know Did you ever meet girls while you were in prison like all the time. Are you serious? That, I was that guy. No, that, please that man. God just, You was not please Barbara, <laughs> you was not that guy selling <laughs> girls' dreams. No, not who said selling girls you dreams. You said you was that guy. You said you was that guy. You met girls while you were in prison. All the time. From and, where? And I've never sold a dream. From where? What you mean from where? I took advantage of the internet and um, you know, I'm a good guy, so people want me to. Oh, because you're handsome, so girls was like, "Oh, who was that and guy?" I'm smart, and it women- wasn't your look. It wasn't your, it, no, it was your looks. It wasn't your brain. Okay, I'm intelligent. You like a um, really pretty girl. Like it's your beauty. It's your booty, not your beauty. I'm a little offended. I, I just did 20 years in prison. You said I'm like the pretty girl. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, don't try to make it seem like these girls was just really like, oh, I just want to go up here and have conversations with this really smart guy. So you telling me women don't like intelligence? Women love intelligence, women but love I think that there are more handsome guys out on visits because of that than ugly guys. I was the exception. You were not the exception. I've been on those visits. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of good looking black men. Like, mm, I see why he's out on that visit. She gonna make sure he out eating that vending machine food every chance she get. I ate good. <laughs> okay, so who did you come home? Are you in a relationship now? No, I'm not in a relationship. Oh, so wait, so you didn't dump everybody that first letter? You was like, I'm like. <laughs> When you got that first letter that was like, I'm maybe going home. I'm dumping everybody. I'm clearing my know, roster. A few days before I found out um, what was going to take place, um, um, I had a, a female friend that had been rocking with me hard. Stop answering my calls. No. no, oh, she, no. She, stopped. she She stopped. That, that's, some, that's, Listen, that's some shit I do. She, 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 she didn't know. Come on. No, I know. She, she had no idea. She just gave up, you know, and um, mm. gave up. Did you, have you seen her since you've been home? Of course. I want, oh, you had to take her out? I, I, want, I want her to see, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> of course I've seen her. Couldn't wait, couldn't wait to pull up. How you doing? Oh. <laughs> oh, that is um yeah. Oh, that's shout out to her. Like, I'ma just give her a big because Yeah, who knew, sis? We didn't know. Yeah, you know, oh, I'm with you, sis. We yeah, didn't know. Don't feel yeah, bad. Go ahead yeah, about your life. Yeah, we, who yeah, would have yeah, known? Over the years I've had a lot of people give up on me. Um 
you know, so I, I, I've been pulling up on a lot of people. So the reason why I asked you were you single because I, of course, I follow you on social media and I seen you were at um, Top Golf and your caption was, "I'm doing what I want to do when I want to do it with who I want to do it to." And that last oh, line, so, I was so, like, so, so, "So you wrote that down? You wrote that quote?" <laughs> oh down. no, I remember that. I have to write that down. I rem- I'm a girl. I remember that. That's in my I think in small and fine print. So I remember that. So uh, to me, it seemed like, oh, it was like, oh, somebody must have been checking his movements. He was like, you know what I do, what I want to do with who I want to do it with. Well, uh, it, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> what is this? What is this? Let's go back to the, the prison. Uh, cop. What, is this? <laughs> so do you want to be married? No, no, that wasn't aimed at anybody um, particularly or anything. Of course like not. That. No. Um, but no. So let's we'll move on from that. That personal I, post. But or do you want to be married? I'm a big proponent of marriage. I, I <laughs> really? Absolutely. I eventually do. Do you um, want to have more kids? Um. Yes. What was the first thing you did when you came home? I took a bath. I was going to ask how was the bath. Yeah, like that was I've been thinking about a bath for 20 years. Like I want a bath, I want some fried chicken and some macaroni and cheese. I was going to ask like what did you want to eat? So you wanted fried chicken, macaroni and so, some asparagus, um some pink lemonade and um cheesecake. <laughs> and cheesecake. So I know your mother was like, "Oh, don't worry." <laughs> what? Fried chicken. Fresh out the grease, asparagus, whatever my baby <laughs> wants. Like, does your daughter want you to um, be married? Um, absolutely, because I've been drilling that in her head since she was a little girl. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm sure she has expectations um, uh, towards me. Um, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. But me, my daughter and I are very close. Okay, y'all seem very close so, from so, your social media. So, so she knows. Um, um, she knows that I'm single. She knows that I'm dating. She knows that I'm, you know, kind of, you know, moving around or whatever. Um, um, so, yeah. Is it, um, <laughs> is it hard juggling? I'm not going to say juggling. Uh, I, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm changing because I know words are very important. I don't want to use the word mm-hmm. juggling. Is it hard um, maintaining dating, like fresh out of prison? The reason why I ask is because, again, I have dated one guy. Like, I don't know why y'all want to paint this picture that all I dated guys has been. I dated one guy that did. 20 years in prison okay. right for a very short period of time because he didn't like me he was way too serious I'm like <laughs> a joke like I knew it wasn't gonna work but I really wanted it to work so bad it didn't work but um was it I was on I'm on my time like because I'm in the world I've been in the world I've never been to prison so things move very fast nowadays and things didn't go like that for him and he had, would have to explain that to me a lot like you want me to go fast and like I'm not and I'm like, oh, speed it up. Like, let's right. go. Because y'all right. ha- are so patient and so disciplined because you've been this way for 20 whole years. Right. So, like, how is that adjustment as far as, like, dating now versus be- right. probably before well, you went to prison? Th- the reason I'm not, like, in a rush to get in a relationship is because I have been locked up for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got a life to build. I have a life to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, when you invite somebody into your world... Uh, when a man invite a woman into his world to be in a relationship, um, he's actually inviting her into his life. And if you have built nothing, what are you inviting her to? 
know, you yeah, know. Marvin. But you know what? This sounds like some. Oh, I'm about <laughs> but, to milk this. I just came home from prison. I'm gonna be single and fuck all these whole shit until the sun come up. Like that's no. that's kind of what that sound like. No. Like, are but, you still on live? Because you're gonna like. Yeah, go I'm gonna get, turn this live yes, off in get, a second. Yeah, because you're gonna get a young girl. So you're gonna be like, fine, come home from prison, hook back up with all of the girls that's your age, like my age, and then. Go get with somebody 30 and have a baby. Like, really, Marvin? Get out of here. Where did that even come from? Who, who said that? Where did that come from? <laughs> That's what I'm reading into all of this. Because you know what? Before I invite somebody into no, my no, world, no, no, I want to have something no, already in my world. I, no, invite I, me now. I, I, I want to build it with you from, from dating, the ground up. I know dating has been watered down. The men have been watered down to the point where women are ready to just um, lock themselves in with a man to have nothing. You know, get out of here. Now, yes, yes. Huh. And I don't think so. Do not, I don't okay, think, so let me, can on, I listen, just say this? No, listen, wait. I don't think a, a, a man should invite a woman into his life and he's not established. And I don't think a woman should allow a man to lock her into his life and he has nothing. Oh, but it's okay for you to date and fuck when you ain't got nothing? What is you talking about? I said, I date. Who said anything about sex? Oh, please. Oh, you ain't been locked up for two. Okay, so you might want to turn your laugh off. Because <laughs> <laughs> tell your laugh. You will see them later because it's about to get real. So the guy who I dated for a very short period of time, the one guy that I ever dated that had been in jail for or prison, he his thing was... He missed intimacy when he was in prison because he had had sexual encounters with women in jail, like the CO or like a counselor. Apparently, these white girls like up in rural parts of Michigan kind of go crazy for black men up there to the they point go, where he was like, I kind of didn't want to even they go crazy for men everywhere. Um, just just women that work in those environments. Um, um, if you are a certain type of person, um, you're going to attract what you attract anyway. So, well, and I'm not. I'm mad at them because they are getting like good, handsome black men up there like that you kind of be with all the time. So I can kind of whatever, have whatever, understand why the infatuation would be with them. But he anyways, he said he had been he had he had had sex in prison with women, but he had missed intimacy. So like that's what he craved when he came home, like his intimacy. Like, can you um relate to that? Do you miss intimacy with women? I can absolutely relate to it. But Do you love to cuddle. <laughs> are you a cuddler? That was a, that was a real indirect question. Right there. <laughs> are you like, a cuddler? Right. No, like is that too? Like JG looking right, like so wait, like, what? he's not cuddling with you. Then you know he still likes to well, cuddle. Turn the <laughs> laugh off and then everybody ain't meant to be cuddled with. Like some, come on now. Listen, um, I, I've like I said, I've always been pretty connected to the streets. I've always had visits and um, uh, female friends coming to you know, check me out and mm-hmm. spend time with me. Um, so of course that's a little level of intimacy. Um, but yeah, I miss it. I miss it. Yeah. I crave, I craved, um, to be in a woman's present with no restrictions the entire time I was in prison. So now I'm out. Yes. I'm dating. Yes. I'm moving around. Yes. I'm enjoying, um, just being, uh, around an opposite. As what? often as I can. So, um, and of course, I know I don't have to tell you this because you won't answer if you don't. Um, the your first sexual experience out of prison was it everything you thought it was going to be? Like, did you had you been dreaming of for twenty years? Was it everything? No comment. <laughs> like that doesn't know. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> if it was a yes, you'd have been like, hell yeah. Okay, so, um, I want to. We can wrap it up. 
Thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation. I want to invite you back for a relationship edition because I think that our conversation about relationship kind of went a that, little bit. That made yeah. Um, I I would like that a lot. Yeah, I would. I would, like, I would like that a lot. Yes, I would love to have you back. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to have you home. This is what I'm talking about. See, ladies, I'll be telling y'all, y'all should date y'all. The man has been in prison. Yeah. Go get you one. Good. No. Go no. get you one. Or or just reach out some of the baby daddies and um, no. um guy friends that you already know. No. Send them a letter. No. No. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't send them a letter. Don't put none on their books either. Get you a new <laughs> get you a new guy. Get you a prison. new guy in prison. <laughs> <laughs> that is wrong. All right. Thank you for coming, Marvin. I appreciate you. Absolutely. God bless. Thank you. I'm listening to one girl. One of my podcasts. See you next week.